0: the cyber axis of evil in 2020, France's facial biometric experiment, and an expert defines zero trust. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. It's been 18 years since President George W. Bush used the term axis of evil to describe the trifecta of threats from the nation-states of Iran, Iraq, and North Korea. The countries that make up this axis may have shifted since then, but the threat of nation-state attacks is no less pronounced. That's according to Tom Kellerman, former cybersecurity advisor to the Obama administration and head of cybersecurity strategy for VMware. ISMG's Tom Field spoke with Kellerman recently about what his greatest cybersecurity concerns are going into 2020, and his response is probably not a great surprise. Here he is.
1: Well, the threat actors specifically are the usual suspects, um, the axis of evil in cyberspace, as you see more robust and organized cyber activity occurring uh, from both China and Russia and from their allies, North Korea and Iran, uh, both of which have exemplified true cyber attack capabilities and organization over the past year, thanks to tech transfer and uh, consultative services being provided by their big brothers. This is not just a question of disinformation. This is not a question of political affiliation. This is along the strategy and along the lines of information dominance being the primary strategy to, to reassert the hegemonic roles of those empires. So I'm very concerned with the use of rogue nation states in attacking the West as proxies for their allies.
0: Tom, you've been sounding this alarm for several years now. So I want to ask you to take a step back and talk to me about where have we made progress in cyber defense? And where do you feel we still lag significantly behind?
1: Well, we're lagging behind because we don't appreciate the evolution of the cognitive attack loop of the adversary. What I mean by that is the cognitive attack loop is a carbon black a manifestation as an evolution of the kill chain. Um, the kill chain for too, too long has been too linear. It makes the assumption that the adversaries will get in and get out with what they want and then they will leave. Given the dramatic uptick of island hopping 41% of the time that it's occurring in investigations uh, where they're actually taking over and commandeering the infrastructure of the victim company so that they can use that brand to target their constituency coupled with counter incident response and dramatic evolutions in lateral movement Uh, beyond PowerShell, we have to appreciate that the adversary isn't leaving, they're never going to leave. Once they hack your infrastructure, they will maintain a footprint on your infrastructure and they will maintain persistence. And so how we react to them, how we defend against them must be along the lines of of a focused mission towards intrusion suppression, not just prevention. And uh, we need to just come, come come to Jesus on that and have that awakening that we need to deal with an adversary that's already inside of our environment and we need to suppress them in a clandestine fashion so they don't leverage destructive attacks.
0: You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. If there's one technology that sets off Orwellian alarm bells, it's the government use of facial recognition. While there are clearly some significant benefits in using the technology for identity management, the idea of a nation-state collecting surveillance information on where you are and who you're with clearly raises hackles, and rightly so. The potential for misuse is significant. One government that is tentatively dipping its toes in the facial recognition fray is that of France, with a project called Alicem. ISMG's associate editor, Supana Goswami, spoke with Felicienne Vallée, a privacy technologist at CNIL, France's data protection authority, about the ALISEM initiative and asked him what the scope of the project is and how is it being implemented to make sure the technology is being used appropriately. Here's Felicien's response.
2: Facial recognition technologies have already been deployed in France in the public, for instance, for border control and the private sectors. In France, we use also a facial recognition to unlock our smartphone to certify identity by comparison of the the picture on an id and a selfie or for uh, other uh, other usage however i think what you refer to is the fact that the French government communicated on two different aspects, stating that it might be interested in uh, using uh, these, the facial recognition technology further. So the, the first one is about a project called AliceM that is currently being developed, and the idea is to create a digital identity recognized by the French government. And so the idea is that this process it offers a way to, of creating a, a digital identity using a mobile app in a smartphone or a, a tablet and that can be then used to securely access online administrative services. So that's the the first of the the French government project. And regarding this project, the CNIL was consulted, and the, the CNIL stated that if the project was actually legitimate, it could also be improved, in particular regarding the freedom of consent of the concerned data data subjects, the concerned people. The second of this French government project regards the planning of facial recognition experimentations, and this is more of a fuzzy thing, if I can say it like that. Indeed, the Cédric O, France Secretary of State for Digital, he stated that facial recognition experiments are necessary for the development of French industries and that democratic debate would only be contemplated afterwards on this topic. So the idea is to experiment facial recognition and he expressed this will. So regarding this point, Kniel decided to publish a, a positional paper, some kind of guidelines that, that express Kniel's view on the, the topic of facial recognition because if Kniel can actually understand the necessity in some cases to experiment, with facial recognition. It also believes that everything cannot be done for the sole sake of experimentation. So as you said, Kanil has come out with certain guidelines on how to manage facial recognition technology. So what are some key points of that? Well, first of all, the the thing is to say that, as I pointed out uh, earlier, that Facial recognition is a very wide topic, covers many things, and all these things, they are not necessarily comparable, they're not the same, and facial recognition might be very legitimate in some cases. You have to be very cautious with what you are talking about, how you consider things. That's the first the first thing. Also, the second take is to clearly understand that all cannot and will not be tolerated by the CNIL regarding facial recognition. Well, that's kind of following what I was previously saying, but that's also linked to uh, what I was talking about, the uh, CNILS decision to ban facial recognition programs in high school. Okay, so essentially, what is the stand of the government now that now that as the data protection authority of the country, you have expressed your concerns? And what is the stand of the government? Um, I believe there are still some strong will to go in that direction. And I believe experimentations on uh, in these regards certainly will be uh, proposed. Then the, the the very idea of Publishing this, making public Kneel's view, was also to to say to our to our uh, interlocutors, to p- people uh, we we're talking with, well, come to us, and we can also discuss together, helping them to see if. Actually, facial recognition is really the the solution to to the problem they want to address. And if yes, then try to accompany them to to see what organizational technical measures can be put in place. So we reduce at the minimum their privacy uh, and data protection risks for the the concerned
0: uh, people. Finally, you've probably been under a rock for the entirety of 2019 if you haven't come across the phrase zero trust. It's not a new phrase it seems to be truly coming of age to describe a more robust stance to validation in today's decentralized cloud-based workspace. I spoke with Stan Lowe, Global CISO at Zscaler, about Zero Trust coming of age in 2020. And more specifically, how does he define the term? Here's his succinct definition.
3: So for me, you know, Zero Trust is really built around four four real principles. One is granting access to based upon four different criteria and applying policy and access based upon that. One is obviously the identity. Who what we know about you as an individual? Are you an employee? Are a contractor? you a volunteer? Whatever. Two is the uh the device that you're trying to access with. Is it managed? Is it unmanaged? Is it patched? Is it not patched? And then three is, is the location that you're trying to access. Are you you know, somewhere that's a good country, somewhere it's a bad country, you know, you're on net, off net, whatever. And four is uh, the sensitivity and the criticality of the data that you're trying to access and in making a a policy-based decision and applying security policy and access rights based upon those four things. And that's really when we talk about you know, when marketers talk about uh, zero trust and we talk about, you know, from a security perspective, zero trust, that's what we're talking about is granting access to applications and data based upon essentially those four operational criteria.
0: That's it for this week's ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Nick Collins.